1: To our podcast true crimes and story times
0: I'm Michelle I'm Kirsten and back for part two of the Burke and Hare murders at night I do want to say I apologize for releasing my episode late part one um I worked a lot so I did not have time to edit my episode and post it so Girl, sorry. life
1: happens it's fine
0: yeah um but anyways this is part two and I'm gonna jump right in um, because we need to get this ball rolling beow, beow,
1: beow. Um, let's go and I'm not going to do a recap because go listen to part one if you want to recap, okay? All right. Yeah, don't cheat the system. Don't just come straight to part two and expect us to go through the whole thing again. For real. You can go listen to part one. Yep, and then come listen to part two.
0: All right, so when we left off, Burke and Hare were still murdering people, obviously. Killing them dead. So, um, one of Helen's relatives, which if you don't know, that is Burke's wife, was visiting... Okay. Her name was Anne. Okay. And just after a few days, Burke and Hare killed her. Kay. Hare is Burke's best friend. Okay. They did the usual technique of suffocation, and they sold the body to Robert Knox for 10 euros. Okay. Burke would actually go on to claim that Margaret Hare's wife suggested that they kill Helen, Burke's wife. What? Yes. What? She said to Burke and Hare. By the way, both of their first names are William. So I'm just calling him William Hare. Yep, just calling him Burke and Hare. Okay. Margaret had the balls to
1: suggest to kill Helen to Burke and Hare. Who is her husband and Helen and Helen's husband. Yes. Helen's husband is Burke. She literally suggested killing
0: her to her husband
1: okay okay that would be like me going to austin and logan and being like you guys should kill michelle literally that's the same thing
0: (laughs) so anyways she said that quote they cannot trust her on the grounds that she was a scottish woman end quote
1: yeah that's a very good reason to kill somebody
0: burke was obviously like uh fuck fuck no that's my wife i'd be like do you want to be next literally so they moved on um, Burke and Hare's next victim was actually a very familiar figure in Edinburgh. Okay. His name was James Wilson. Okay. He was an 18-year-old man with a limp caused by his deformed feet. Hmm. He was actually mentally disabled as well and also locally known as Daft Jamie. Okay. Like Daft Punk? I don't know. He lived <laughs> on the streets and supported himself by begging. Hmm hare lured james into his lodgings with the promise of whiskey and sent margaret to get burke okay the two would lead james into a bedroom and margaret actually locked the door from the outside and put the key underneath for them so they could get back out
1: oh i see what you're saying yeah
0: um james actually didn't like whiskey as much as the other victims he preferred snuff which is like dip or smokeless tobacco Mm -hmm. and he was not drunk when they tried to strangle him. Nice. He was also really strong for like being obviously physically deformed and he really fought back against Burke and Hare. But good. eventually he succumbed to the suffocation as well, Burke laying on his chest and Hare suffocating him. Not good. His body was stripped and they stole some of his possessions. Burke kept his snuff box and Hare kept his snuff spoon. There's such thing as a snuff spoon. Probably back in the day, they weren't put they w- in pouches.
1: Well, they... Well, you they probably you used a pinch spoon. It. It's fancy, okay? Oh, it's fancy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she said it's fancy. hmm They sold his body to Robert Knox for money. Of course. When the body was examined by Robert Knox and his students, the next day, a lot of the students actually recognized James. Of course they Like did. I said, he was a very familiar face. hmm Robert Knox denied the whole thing and told the students it couldn't possibly be anyone they knew. Couldn't possibly. No, not at all. When the word uh, started circulating about James being missing, Robert Knox dissected the body ahead of the others that were actually already in storage. His head and feet were removed before his dissection, so nobody knew who he was. That's not how you do a dissection. No. But yeah. So, Robert Knox knew what the hell he was doing. He was like... He put James's body in front of the rest of them because the students recognized him. So, he's like, oh, I got to get rid of this quick. Mm hmm He knew. He knew.
1: He said, let me just cut the head off. Yeah, literally. Now you can't see him.
0: So, now we're going to talk about the final victim. Ooh, the final victim. So, on October 31st... Halloween. Halloween. My favorite. 1828,
1: though. That's (laughs) a long time ago. Literally.
0: There was a middle-aged Irish woman named Margaret... Doherty. And this is not Hare's wife. So okay. we're going to call her Doherty, Doherty instead of Margaret. Okay. So Burke lured her into the Brogan lodging house, which is a different one, separate from Hare's, by claiming his mother was also a Doherty from the same area of Ireland. Okay. So he's like, oh, maybe your family. Yeah. So they began drinking, and at one point, Burke left her in the company of his wife, Helen, while he went out to get whiskey. Oh. Quote, unquote. And he was actually getting hair. Okay. So, there were two other lodgers at this place that were basically becoming an inconvenience to Burke and Hare, so they paid them off to go stay at Hare's lodging house for the night. Okay. So, I think you know what's about to go down. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, They also told the lodgers that Doherty was a relative, so they oh. lied to them. So the drinking continued into the evening which by that time margaret hare's wife joined in okay at around 9 p.m the two lodgers that were paid off to go stay at hare's lodging came back to collect some of their clothing for their kids they saw burke hare their wives and doherty drunk okay and they were all singing and dancing so burke and hare would end up murdering doherty and putting her body in a pile of straw at the end of the bed. Random. Yeah, I know. So the next day, one of the lodgers came back to collect a pair of stockings she had left at the end of her bed. Oh, shit. Oops. She got suspicious when Burke would not let her approach the bed where she had left them. Yeah, I would too. So when the lodgers were left alone later that evening, they searched the straw and found Doherty's body with blood and saliva on her face. Gross. So they found her. Yeah. The lodgers were attempting to go to police when Helen tried to bribe them with 10 euros a week. So they would have to at least murder one person a week to Damn. pay off these people. Yeah. But the lodgers refused. They were like, "Uh, I think the fuck not.
1: You fucking murder somebody." Literally.
0: They went straight to the police and they reported the murder as they should. Burke and Hare removed the body immediately though and took it to Robert Knox. The police searched where Doherty's body was and did find blood-stained clothing under the bed. So they left some evidence.
1: Mm -mm -mm.
0: So Burke and his wife were questioned, but they claimed that Doherty left the house. Stupidly, they both gave a different time for her departure. What an idiot. This obviously raised suspicion with police, and they took them both in for questioning. So Burke Burke and Helen are in for questioning. Okay. Early the following morning police went to Robert Knox's dissecting rooms where they found Doherty's body. Of course they did. One of the lodgers that had been bribed identified her as the woman he had seen with Burke and Hare that night at the Brogan Lodging House. Hare and Margaret were arrested that day, as well as Brogan, the owner of the lodging house. So this dude got arrested too. Dang. And now that we've finished all the victims and their murders, there were
1: 16 people in total murdered by Burke and Hare. Dang. 16 and if you're talking an average of eight euros a person Mm -hmm. that's what like 100 i was going off 10 10 Euros 10 euros a person it's it's
0: roughly 160 yeah euros that's crazy so burke burke stated later that he and hare were quote generally in a state of intoxication when the murders were carried out, and that he could not sleep at night without a bottle of whiskey by his bedside and a two-penny candle to burn all night beside him. When he awoke, he would take a drink from the bottle, sometimes half a bottle at a draught, and that would make him sleep, end quote. So, he drank himself to sweep, sleep every night. Okay. And he also took opium to ease his conscience, hmm. which is basically heroin. Damn. So, in November of 1828, a warrant was issued for the arrest of Burke, Hare, and their wives. Again, they got taken in for questioning, but Brogan was released without any further questioning. They were like, oh, he did not have anything to do with this. He just owns the lodging house. Mm -hmm. So, all four of them were all kept apart, and their statements were taken. Mm -hmm. All their statements conflicted with the initial answers given on the day of their arrests. Of course, because they're idiots. Yeah. So, they keep changing their story. A police surgeon and two forensic specialists were appointed to examine Doherty's body. They concluded that it was possible she died from suffocation, but it cannot be medically proven. On the basis of this report, Burke and Hare were charged with murder. And that's only one count of murder,
1: because they only know about one. Mm hmm. Not the rest of the 15. Well,
0: okay, we'll get into okay, okay. It. Robert Knox was interviewed as well. He asserted that Burke and Hare had watched poor lodging houses in Edinburgh and purchased bodies before anyone claimed them for burial. So he was lying for them. I mm-hmm. think he knew better. The detective thought Robert Knox was deficient in principle and heart, and but did not think he had actually broken the law. Because he didn't technically murder anyone. Yeah. So the police were sure the murder had took place, and one of the four of them had done it. They were uncertain, though, that they could get a conviction police did suspect that the murders had been committed, but the lack of bodies did not give proof because they were dissected. Mm, yeah. So, as the news that other bodies can be involved, could be involved, newspapers published inaccurate stories of the crimes, as they always do. Of course. And like I said, problem was they didn't have any bodies to prove that they murdered other mm-hmm. people. But, this led the public to thinking all the missing people had been connected to the crime. Right. And Janet Brown did go to the police and identified her friend's Mar- her friend Mary's clothing. Mm-hmm. The girl that ran out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: From part one. Mm-hmm. And a local baker told police that Jamie Wilson's or James Jamie is what they called him mm-hmm. the most. Trousers were being worn by Burke's nephew. The Hale? Yeah, remember they stripped him of his stuff. Yeah, and stole, stole all of it. Mm-hmm. So on November 19th, a warrant for the murder of Jamie Wilson, James, was made against the four suspects. So now we got two bodies. Okay. Sir William Ray, the Lord Advocate, followed a regular technique. He focused on one individual to extract a confesh- confession on which the others can be convicted. So... If you don't know, a Lord Advocate is the chief legal officer of the Scottish government and the Crown in Scotland for both civil and criminal matters that fall within the devolved powers of the Scottish Parliament. They are the chief public prosecutor for Scotland and all prosecutions on indictment are conducted by the Crown Office and Procurator Fiscal Service in the Lord Advocate's name on behalf of the monarch. Woo! That was a definition. (laughs) So, Hare was chosen, and on December 1st, he was offered immunity from prosecution if he provided the full details of the murder of Doherty and any other murder that okay. he knew about.
1: Okay, they were definitely not going to give him immunity. They just wanted the, they just wanted the info. Okay.
0: Oh, Because hell. he cannot be brought to testify against his wife, she was also exempt from prosecution. Why can't he
1: testify against his wife?
0: I don't know. Hare ended up making a full confession of all the deaths and the lawyer decided there was sufficient evidence to
1: secure a prosecution. To him? They're gonna prosecute him? No, They're remember prosecute that he has Buk? immunity. Burke. I said Burke. Buk. Burke yeah. and Helen. How are they gonna how, he,
0: <laughs> he killed people. I he know. killed 16 people. So on December 4th, formal charges were laid against Burke and Helen for the murders of mary patterson james wilson and mrs doherty robert knox faced no charges for the murders because burke's statement exonerated him well he didn't kill nobody so i mean but he knew let's be honest he knew yeah he, he would comment on how fresh the bodies were and how one was still warm and yeah
1: so Hare and his wife mm-hmm. are immune They have immunity right now. He was like, yep, we killed 16 people. And they were like, well, looks like we're going to arrest Burke and his wife. Just give me a second, okay? Oh, my God. So
0: public awareness of the news grew, and many in in Edinburgh thought he was a sinister ringmaster who got Burke and Hare dancing to his tune. They're talking about Robert Knox. Mm -hmm. Several broadsides were published with editorials stating that he should have been in the dock alongside the murderers. Which influenced public opinion. A new word was coined from the murders, burking, to smother a victim or to commit an anatomy murder. A rhyme began circulating around the streets of Edinburgh Up the close and doon the stair, but and bin we burk and hare. Burk's the butcher, hare's the thief, knock's the boy that buys the beef. Oh my goodness, that buys
1: the beef. Fucking
0: dramatic as hell. And I love it. Sorry. Love it. So the trial began at 10 a.m. on Christmas Eve of 1828. The courthouse was absolutely full. Just shortly after the doors opened at 9 a.m., everyone rushed in. As oh, many yeah. people that could get in there. Mm-hmm. And a large crowd also gathered outside the Parliament House.
1: They wanted in on it.
0: 300 constables were on duty to prevent any disturbances, while infantry and cavalry were on standby. Damn. Yeah, they were ready. They were locked and loaded. The case lasted all day, night, and into the next morning.
1: Well, there's 16 murders, so I... They're
0: only charging them with three.
1: But do they they know about the 16? You said Hare gave a full confession. Yep. They know about all 16,
0: but they're only charging three because they only have the
1: evidence of three.
0: evidence of three because janet came and identified mary's clothing mm-hmm. um the baker came and said that burke's nephew was wearing james wilson's pants and they have the body of doherty which the lodgers found right so the, technically they only have enough evidence which for three yeah and this time they could prosecute them for all three because somebody said something apparently these days we can't do that that's more like he said she said mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah so, when the charges were read out, the two defense counsels objected to Burke and Helen being tried together. Burke's defense lawyer protested that his client was charged with three unconnected murders, committed each at a different time and at a different place, in a trial with another defendant who is not even alleged to have had any concern with two of the offenses of which he is accused. Several hours were spent on legal arguments about this objection. Mm-hmm. The judge decided to have a fair trial, and the indictment would be separated into different charges for the three murders. He gave Ray the choice as to which should be heard first. Ray opted for the murder of Doherty, given they had the corpse and the strongest evidence. Makes sense. So, in the early afternoon, Burke and Helen pleaded not guilty to the murder of Doherty.
1: Do they know that- do they know that Hare gave a full confession?
0: I don't- I'm sure they do, because he would be there.
1: True. Right? True, true. I'm just saying. But they're still saying, like, we didn't do it.
0: Yeah. They're not, still pleading not, not guilty. guilty. Okay. So, the first witnesses were called, and there was a list of 55 that include Hare and Robert Knox, but not all of the witnesses were called. They didn't need all of them. mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, Robert Knox, with three of his assistants, avoided being questioned in court, so they didn't testify. Um One of Knox's assistants, though, David Patterson, who had been the main person Burke and Hare had dealt with at Knox's surgery, was called and said that Birkin Hare had brought them plenty of bodies. So one assistant took the stand, yeah. my bad. Mm-hmm. So in the early evening, Hare took the stand right in front of his ex bestie, I guess,
1: his his co-conspirator.
0: Under cross-examination about the murder of Doherty, Hare claimed Burke had been the sole murderer, and Helen had twice been involved by bringing Doherty back to the house after she had run out. So he's saying he didn't do anything. Yep. And if anybody was going to bring her back to the house, I feel like it would be Margaret because she's a savage bitch. Yeah. She wanted to kill Helen. Man. Let's be honest. Yeah. Hare said he did help Burke with the delivery of the body. That's what he's only claiming. Okay. He was asked about the other murders, but since this was about Doherty, he didn't have to answer those questions. Right. After Hare's questioning, Margaret entered the witness box. This bitch had her daughter, who had whooping cough with her, on the stand. She brought her daughter on the stand with her. And Margaret used her daughter's coughing fits as extra time to answer questions. The hell... And she also told the court that she had a very poor memory and she couldn't remember a lot of events.
1: Those are pretty significant events, though. Literally. This wasn't like, what did you wear last Thursday night? Right. This was like, you fucking killed somebody. Yeah, I couldn't
0: even tell you what I wore
1: last Thursday night. That's what I'm saying, but if you kill somebody, Mm -hmm. you fucking remember.
0: For sure. So the final prosecution witnesses were the two doctors who had overlooked Dorothy's body. They said they both suspected foul play, but cannot say for sure because forensically, they cannot prove it at this time. Right. For the defense, there were no witnesses. <sighs> so Burke and Helen's statements were read aloud instead. The prosecution summed up their case, and at 3 a.m., Burke's defense lawyer began his final statement, and this lasted for two hours. Dang. Helen's defense lawyer began his address to the jury at 5 a.m. Dang. Boyle then gave his summing up, directing the jury to accept the arguments of the prosecution. He's a part of the prosecutor's team. Okay. So the jury went to deliberate at 8.30 on Christmas Day. These people are missing their Christmas Day. Damn. They did return 50 minutes later, though, because they're like, we're not wasting any more time.
1: They were like, we got this.
0: They delivered a guilty verdict against Burke for the murder of Doherty, but Helen did not receive the same charge. Okay. And as Boyle passed the death sentence against Burke, Boyle told him, Your body should be publicly dissected and anatomized, and I trust that if it is ever customary to preserve skeletons... Yours will be preserved in order that posterity may keep in remembrance of your atrocious crimes. End
1: quote. I think that would have been, that would have fit. One second. Okay. Let me get there.
0: Okay. So,
1: Helen was released at
0: the end of the trial and returned home. She didn't have anything to do, so.
1: They just let her go. Yep. But she still had involvement.
0: Um, I think her involvement was less than any of them. So, if any of them were going to get out, it I feel like it should her. have been her. Okay, yeah. I, because I, I, I feel that. like she didn't have near as much involvement as the rest of them. Both. Okay. Um, the next day, when she was going out to buy whiskey, she was confronted by an angry mob who was obviously not happy with the verdict of her going home. Yeah. Um, she was taken to a police building in nearby Fountain Bridge for her own protection, but after the mob tried to get into the building, she escaped through a back window to the main police station of Edinburgh's High Street. She did try to see Burke, but obviously she was not allowed. They were not right. allowed to have communication. Right. And she left Edinburgh the next day, and we essentially know nothing else about her. There's no, like, confirmed things that are, that we know are true okay. about her. Obviously, there's probably conspiracies and things. Mm-hmm. So. On January 3rd of 1829, Burke made another confession. Oh. This was more detailed than the official one that was given before his trial. Okay. And guess who he was putting most of the blame on?
1: I have no idea. Hair. Of course. Of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> on January 16th, 1829, a petition on behalf of James Wilson's mother and sister was made. Okay. They protested against Hare's immunity and his intended release from prison. The petition was taken into consideration by the High Court of Justiciary and rejected by a vote of 4-2. to Okay. So, Margaret was released on January 19th and traveled to Glasgow Glasgow, Mm -hmm. to find a passage back to Ireland. Okay. While waiting for a ship, she was recognized and attacked by a mob.
1: Dang. Of course she was. She kinda deserved it. it.
0: (laughs) She was given shelter in a police station before being given a police escort onto a Belfast bound vessel. Okay. Which is a boat. We don't really have any confirmed info on her either after she went back to Ireland. Okay. So nothing. So now we're just left with Burke and Hare. Yep. Burke was hanged on the morning of January twenty eighth of eighteen twenty nine. Dang. This was in front of a huge crowd which they say could be as many as 25,000 people.
1: That's a lot of fucking people.
0: Dude. Views from windows in the tenements, which is basically apartments, Mm -hmm. overlooking the scaffold, were at prices ranging from fives to twenties. Dang. And that's in euros. So Mm -hmm. I don't... Honestly, guys, I don't know what that means. But that sounds like a lot of money. Yeah. On February 1st, Burke's corpse was publicly dissected by Professor Monroe in the anatomy theater of the university's old
1: college. As it should be. See, you As said, you it said, didn't you? should be. And this, here we have the heart of a serial killer <laughs> who provided, who murdered and provided bodies for this exact thing to happen.
0: Right. Police had to be called when large numbers of students gathered demanding access to the lecture for which a limited number of tickets had been issued. A small riot even broke out. Dang. Because these students are like, let me in. I want to see the brain. So the only way they could get these students to calm down was to promise them that 50 students at a time would be allowed to pass through the theater after he was done and the lecture was done. So they could still see the body. Okay. Um, the dissection lasted for two hours. Dang. Yeah. So Monroe, the anatomist dissecting Burke actually dipped his quill pen into Burke's blood and wrote, this is written with the blood of W.M. Burke, who was hanged at Edinburgh. This blood was taken from his head.
1: Dang. Savage. I hope they
0: still have that. Burke's skeleton was given to the Anatomical Museum of the Edinburgh Medical School, whereas in 2022, it remains. Nice. His skeleton is still there. So, if we ever go to Edinburgh, let's. I need a pick.
1: Road trip.
0: That's way more than road That's trip. so funny. That's more like a sea trip, plane trip. Plane one trip. of the two. Probably plane. <laughs> so, his death mask and a book said to be bound with his tanned skin can be seen at Surgeons Hall Museum, which is also in Edinburgh. Let's fucking go, bro. Dude. If you guys don't know what a death mask is, it's like a casting of your face
1: like when after you die.
0: Yeah, It's That's fucking creepy. weird. <laughs> so, Hare was released on February 5th of 1829, and he actually ended up staying longer at the prison for his protection. I get that. He was also assisted in leaving in a disguise by the male coach to Dumfries. The heck? At one of the stops, he was recognized by someone. So, this disguise is obviously ass.
1: Not very good.
0: Like Ersk- a hat and glasses. Literally. <laughs> Erskine Douglas Sanford, a junior counsel who had actually represented James James Wilson's family, recognized him. Mm-hmm. He actually told everyone that Hare was there, and he blew his cover. <laughs> He's like, that's him! And when he got to Dumfries, news spread he was there. A large crowd gathered in front of where he was supposed to stay that night. Police arrived and arranged for a decoy coach to lead the crowd (laughs) elsewhere. They are doing so much for a literal murderer. Hare escaped through a back window and into a separate carriage, which took him to the town's prison for safekeeping. They are doing so much. A crowd surrounded the building. Stones were thrown at the door and windows, and street lamps were smashed before a hundred special constables arrived. And a special constable is generally an auxiliary or part-time law enforcement officer or a person who is granted certain or special police powers. Okay. So in the morning, Hare was escorted by a sheriff officer and militia guard. They are spending way too much money on him, bro.
1: Yeah, dude. He's a literal fucking murderer.
0: Well, he was just taken out of town, set down on the Annan Road, and instructed, go to the English border. Mm-hmm. Make it there. Like, bye-bye. <laughs> There were no reliable sightings of him, and his fate is unknown. What? Um. Robert Knox refused to make any public statements about his association with Burke and Hare. The common thought in Edinburgh was that he could be blamed for the events. They're like fuck you. Yeah. He was lampooned in caricature, which is like criticized, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, February 1829, a crowd gathered outside his house and burned an effigy of him. That's so much. (laughs) A committee of inquiry cleared him of complicity and reported that they had, quote, seen no evidence that Dr. Knox or his assistants knew that murder was committed in procuring any of
1: the subjects brought to his rooms. When you have the same people showing up body after body after body... Literally. You kind of get an idea. Right. But he just didn't care, I guess. I feel like they would have this crazed look. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, some don't. Some serial killers don't. You're
0: right. So, uh, Robert Knox actually ended up resigning from his position. Good. And he was basically excluded from university life by his peers.
1: Yeah. Because they were all like... You knew, yeah. and you just kept letting it happen. Mm-hmm. He left Edinburgh in eighteen
0: forty-two and lectured in Britain and mainland Europe. While working in London, what just happened to my mouth? While working <laughs> in London, he fell foul of the regulations of the Royal College of Surgeons and was debarred from lecturing. He was removed from the role of fellows of the Royal Society of Edinburgh in eighteen forty-eight. And from 1856, he worked as a pathological anatomist at the Brompton Cancer Hospital and had a medical practice in Hackney until his death in
1: 1862. And that is it, people. Dang. I really wish hair would have fucking died went,
0: yeah and got dissected and his skeleton kept too yeah because jesus christ i feel like burke really got the brunt of that and yeah. it should have been both of them it, because hair and their the wives
1: should have got a little bit of re- reparation margaret for, it. for sure helen we i feel knew. like
0: helen definitely knew i feel like she should have spent at least a few years in prison mm-hmm. but for sure, Margaret's bitch ass.
1: She tried to be like, "Let's get rid of Helen's. Literally, ass. let's just fucking literally. off her too. We need the money."
0: Yeah, I roll. She's insane.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it sounded like she was just jealous of her and wanted both of them into herself. Yeah. All right, guys. So that's the end of my episode. I really hope you enjoyed. Um, stick around for next week i'll be doing true crime again uh go check out kirsten's story time if you haven't already that was posted on wednesday Mm -hmm. um if you don't follow our socials please do that do that um the link will be in the show notes uh also go subscribe to our patreon and rate review and subscribe to us come back listen to us some more if you liked it yes and please leave us a review
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that's it. That's everything. Bye. See ya. Yikes. The way I said bye. 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 <laughs>